The Dental Brief is brought to you by Omni Premier Marketing and the amazing guests who bring wisdom and advice that you can put to use to take your business and practices to the next level. Find us on Facebook and join the conversation. Get ready to grow because we are kicking off the next episode in three, two, one. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Dental Brief. Excited to have with us back on the program the founder and chief head honcho over at the two-hour dental startup, Eric Swarbar. Welcome back to the program. Hey, everybody. How's it going today? It, it's going great here. You know, I was watching some football last night, rooting for the Seahawks, and I got beat by the Cowboys. I know you're in Dallas. I know you help practices all over, but I know you're in Dallas. You you a Cowboys fan by any chance? You know what? Actually, I'm a, uh, I'm a self-proclaimed Philadelphia Eagles fan in Dallas, oh, man. Texas. I'm a Bills. I'm a Bills fan, and as you know, the officials helped you guys win that game last week against yeah. the Bills. It was a good game, though. Um, well, I think yeah. if you watched that Cowboys game last night, the officials helped uh, the Cowboys win that game too. That very last play was, and I know people are going to listen to this in a month ago, a month from now. It's not going to make any sense, but the very last play of that game was. And I'm sorry, was it the second to last play? There was a major yeah. pass interference, push in the yeah. back in the end zone. They never called it. I get shocked yeah. that they didn't call it, but. Um, speaking of call, Eric, you've been uh, here. This is your second time on the program. Um, I know you've got firm uh, roots in the, the dental community, um, helping dentists again all over the country, but I know a lot in uh, the Texas area. Um, tell us about the uh, two-hour dental startup. Yeah, so we've done a couple of things since you know the last couple of years, and we're just we're just now starting to put on some programs meeting with doctors, groups of doctors, talking about what it takes to uh, become an entrepreneur and step outside of a job and become a business owner. And we've had a few a few of our meetings already, and they, they've been pretty good. The, it seems like the startups have not slowed down whatsoever. I think I've, I'm rounding out 11 of them this year total uh, for one guy that, that seems to be a lot. So close to my capacity, but it's been awesome, and things really haven't slowed down here in Texas yet. Yeah, so tell us, why'd you create the website? Why'd you create the startup.com site? Yeah, so a lot of times I've met with doctors and they just didn't know where to get started and uh, to become an entrepreneur. And so they were spending some big money going to some courses uh, that are fantastic and they're awesome. But uh, the struggle is, is it didn't really tell them how to get started. It tell, told them like what policies and procedures you should put in place and you know how sure. you should scale it, the design aspect of it. But you know, it's just like if you're going to buy a house, Patrick, you know, you need to make sure you're qualified for a loan if you're taking a loan to buy a house. And it's it's almost the same thing. It's just a sequential process of uh, opening a dental practice. Yep. So something that I've seen, I, I wondered if you have this experience, I'm guessing that you are, is we know right now there's a labor shortage I'm in the dental industry. One of the calls that I get close to a practice being opening or, or sometimes even a month after they open is, hey, I need marketing. Right. And it's kind of frustrating because it's like, hey, you should have been on this a long time ago, not yeah. now. Right. And what about labor? I mean, I see that, too. And I'm sure you see that. When's the right time and how do you start hiring for dental practice that isn't even open? Do you start paying employees way before you open in order to get them? Tell me how to, how to navigate these difficult waters. Yeah, you bet. So it's kind of twofold, just like you had mentioned, is that there's a timing issue. When do you really best utilize your resources to hire somebody? Then, of course, there's a talent issue. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of new people that have entered the field that don't have experience. And, and sometimes that's a plus. But the negative side is they don't have experience. And so the first thing I really recommend is start interviewing about a month, six weeks to a month out 
because that process does take a few weeks, you know, the worst thing you can do is hire somebody and say, hey, we're going to start you in a month. You know, that that, that becomes a problem. So really timing becomes a, a big issue. And it, if you're hiring some, somebody that's extremely talented, maybe their communication skills and their soft skills are off the charts, but clinically they're just, you know, a little soft, then and you want that employee, then sometimes, yeah, you need to put that person on payroll a week early in order to to, to make sure that they're willing to stay and, and show up because, you know, fortunately due to economics, we're all coin operated and, you know, people have schedules and, and there's a demand for, for that labor right now. And so typically I would recommend definitely four weeks out, uh, start the interview process. And within two weeks out, you know, you need to have those people in place before you even open the doors. Yep. Something that I've seen that, I've talked about it. I've had guests talked about it. Talk about it is the way that people write ads for employment. And they almost write these ads that are not attractive whatsoever, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's all, everything that you have to be, which is this perfect individual with these amazing skills, and everything that the practice doesn't offer, right? So you know, must be hardworking, fast-paced, self-starter, driven, highly motivated team player. Not really sure what that word team player, those words team player means. And then it's like, you know, no benefits at this time, right? Yeah. So like who who wants that? And the, the tech world, you think startup and you go, oh, wow, that's some great opportunities, stock options, what have, what have you. We don't see those in the dental world. So how do you put together an ad? And how do you make a startup attractive to someone who's already got a pretty good job? And by the way, the people who have good jobs now are typically the best people to hire, in my opinion. So how do you make that startup job look attractive? Yeah, I think the most important thing is, is, you know, the individual, the entrepreneur needs to look at why would I want to work here? You know, what is my value proposition as an employer? And, you know, for each individual, there, there, there's many things, but it could be something as simple as I have a client there in a, a unique space where it's the bottom floor is all retail and then everything above it is an apartment. And what's cool about being in the retail is you actually have access to the health club there. And so they actually pass it on as a benefit for working there is, hey, you actually have a free membership to a health club if you work here. And so, sure. you, you know, that, that, that's definitely a huge value proposition. But again, going back to coin operated, I mean, you know, there's some people that don't have that as an advantage. And, and ultimately, it's important to go, you know, why do, does an individual want to work here? It could be as something as simple as, you know, having a charismatic leader or, you know, something very simple in the dental industry is, it's difficult for auxiliary team members to get full-time employment. A lot of times they're either part-timers or they're working 32 hours a week. And so, you know, that practice owner could actually say, Hey, we're guaranteeing you full-time employment right now. As sure. opposed to part-time employment. So it, it, it's important to figure out, you know, what the needs are of the market. And then if you can fulfill those needs, because the worst thing you can do is make false promises and not fulfill those needs. And you'll have short-term employees consistently. Yeah. And I think that's a pretty common thing that happens, right? I think that the dentist opens up the practice and has the best intentions, but then things change, right? It's always a little bit harder, I think, once the door is open than prior to them opening. You know what I see a lot of on that? Can, can I touch on that real quick? Because it's, yeah, it's interesting. 100%. A lot of times dentists, when they do open their doors, you know, their schedule's a little soft. And so if their schedule is soft, they tend to send employees home because they don't need that variable expense sitting on their on their payroll, on their books. And so that's actually one of the worst things they could do is because now you have somebody that's, you know, they're, they're on a fixed income at that point based on what their hourly rate is, but ultimately they're looking to get paid a certain amount of income on a weekly basis. 
And now you're reducing what that weekly income is. And that, that's an easy way to, to, to divide your team and really to disrupt your team and, and have short-term employees. Yeah. You know, one thing that I, I hear all the time is people say that people don't take jobs or quit jobs over money. And I, I really disagree with that. I've never one time heard somebody that's paying above market salary for, for top talent have an issue with turnover. I just haven't. People that give good vacation pay, they give good time off, they give good benefits, typically don't have the same problems of those who do the opposite of that. Do you, do you agree with that, Eric? You know, I, I 100% agree with that. I have a, a client that I, I actually consider a pretty close friend and uh, his number one assistant makes $85,000 a year. And yeah. she has 10 years of experience. Her soft skills are off the charts her clinical skills are good but i wouldn't I've, I've seen better but her soft skills are off the charts and literally she takes the, the on call if somebody you know has a, a crown that falls off a temporary on a saturday she's the one that's going to go up there and you know re-cement it without a problem um you know i think if you pay talent the talent will give back but uh unfortunately if you're you know hiring on a fast food budget, then you're going to get a fast food employee. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's a certain place for individuals uh, for that talent, that skill set. But, you know, if that's the budget that, that tends to be what you get. Right. I mean, if you can't pay your bills, I'm in Colorado, you know, here it's a very high cost of living. If you can't pay your bills working a full time job, you probably have to find a different full time job. Yep. Or you need to go get an, an education, <clears throat> increase your education. You need to move out of the area. I've actually, I know quite a few practices that in here in Colorado that have lost employees because they've literally moved to states mm -hmm. east of here, one and two states east of here where the cost of living is literally a fraction um, of what it is here. <clears throat> so that that's uh, certainly going to happen. What about keeping employees? I was at a meeting not too long ago, a group of dentists in a room, and, and it was asked, how many of you have had someone start and not come back the next day. And every, I th I, I'm pretty sure every dentist raised their hand. And then they asked, what about lunch? How many have you had someone start within the last year and not come back after lunch? And quite a few, a high percentage of people raise their hand to that too. How do you get these people for, through the first couple of weeks, through the first couple of months, especially when things are as chaotic as they can be in a startup? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the, the number one thing is, is, is inclusivity, is you include them in the process. Okay, when you can include somebody into the process, they get buy-in into the process. And they're not buying into, you know, the dental practice serving the dental community. They need to buy into the practice owner's vision. And if they actually have some type of equity, and I don't mean financial equity, but I mean, you know, equity and belief that they're making a change and making a difference and they're providing input, okay, they're part of the process, then there's a higher percentage that, that they're going to stick around and they're going to want to you know, really provide into the process. But if you're really making it a transactional relationship, if the dentist is making it a transactional relationship between uh, themselves and their assistant, then they're going to have a transactional, you know, relationship from an employment standpoint as well. And that's, that's not uncommon. Right. And you definitely should. And I think that's where some confusion comes into play where people think, oh, well, you know, if it's just pay, it's transactional. And that is part of it. It is, the income is part of the relationship, right? People, again, have to to be able to um, pay their people, right? But I think you can have people that are just slightly above average income for that position and build equity or help them build equity and buy-in and, and trust and loyalty as well into the practice. I think oftentimes those types of things we have to give them before we can expect them back. 
right? I think all too many times we expect employees to give us things that we haven't given them yet, like loyalty. Do you, do you agree with that? Oh, a hundred percent. So, so the old motivating philosophy used to be the carrot and the stick. You know, you've got the right. carrot for reward and you got the stick for punishment. But, you know, I, I think the next step to that is is build intrinsic value in that individual. And if they see the vision and, and if there is a vision, sometimes there's not a clear vision. You know, the right. is like, hey, I just want to make a lot of money or I just want to control my schedule. You know, then that's a conversation to be had. And I'm sure, you know, coming across a lot of people within marketing, you do see that probably a lot is like, well, hey, what's your marketing vision? And people scratch their head and go, I don't know, you know, and it's the same thing as as an employer. What is your why? What intrinsic value were you building in your community? And and that value has to be within the community to attract patients. And it has to be within your your dental practice to attract employees and, and get them to stay. Right. Yeah. So Eric, you know, on that, that why thing, I want to have you come back on and talk about the why there's a reason why you do what you do, right? There's a reason why some of the practices that you've worked with have a great deal of success. I want to have you come back on and talk about that because I think it is something that people really struggle with. You know, I think some people wake up in the morning before they ever start a business and they have a why it comes easy. It's natural to them and others, not so much, right? So how do you find the inspiration to discover a great why for you and your practice and, and, and your team members? Something I definitely want to uh, talk to you about for sure. Eric, one last thing. Tell me this. If somebody's looking for help, looking for an expert in their startup, such as you, or considering a startup, how do you find someone to help you? How do you go about vetting a pro that's going to help you avoid the sticky situations that are out there? Yeah, you bet. So the most important thing you can do in any relationship is, is find trust in an individual. You know, and, and I don't care if it's your CPA, if it's an attorney, it's your your fractional marketing officer, your equipment sales rep. The best thing you can do is you can build trust in a relationship with that individual. If at any moment that you don't trust that individual, it's important to communicate to them why and what your expectations are. And and if you really don't trust them, you know, it's important not to have that relationship from a business standpoint because you're going to always be questioning what their intentions are. And so as, as I've done what I've done for many years, it's important for that dentist to go through a process and interview just like they would, you know, another business partner, a spouse or a potential spouse or an employee and see what their intentions are. And if at any point they don't trust them, then they need to keep looking. They really do. And I, yeah. I think that's probably the, the best thing that's been served for me is because you know, I, I've worked with some people and I've worked with some people where, you know, uh, trust is a two way street. And, you know, if I don't even feel like I can trust them, then, you know, maybe I'm not the person for them as well, or they're not the person for me. And, you know, ultimately it's important to, to like the people that you work with, you know, hundred percent. Yep. Gotta be on the same page. One more time. The website's the two hour dental startup.com. We'll link to it on our social and website as well. Eric, thanks for uh, being here. We can't wait to have you back on. Yeah. Appreciate it.